this hysterical young woman who has just entered the workforce is going semi-viral on the interwebs for her complete meltdown over the fact that she's working nine to five. I'm going to tell you two things that are both true at the same time. And why, why I can see and empathize with both points of view and how we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Now, be careful. I'm pretty sure that she does not use G-rated language in this video. It's not that long. You need to hear her rant, and then we can break it down, and I'm going to tell you what's really happening, not just surface-level commentary. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college, and I'm in person, and I'm commuting in the city, and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now, so that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work, and it w- it'd be fine, but I'm not, so it literally takes me, like, I leave here, like, I get on the train at 7.30, and I don't get home till like, 6.15 earliest, and then, like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't, I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook by dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh my god nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being in the office nine to five like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine Yes, you are dramatic. The short answer to that question is yes. But you can... Okay, look. All jokes aside, and this is a joke, okay? The the, the fact that this young woman, she thinks that working 9 to 5 is so hard. She doesn't have time. She gets home at 6.15. Wow. She gets home at 6.15 and had no time to do anything. Um, the, The fact that being an adult is a difficult task... Providing for yourself. She's not even providing for a family. Just trying to live. The fact that it's so hard is a wake-up call for so many Gen Zers. And I get it. It is kind of a joke. Let's break down some of the principles, though. Because I think it is very easy for us sometimes to talk about Catholic principles. The principles of Christendom. And then forget them and throw them out the window when we see a funny video like this and and neglect to apply them. So first and foremost, the idea that young women who are unmarried, who are still under the purview of their father, should leave their home and the protection and supervision of their fathers to pursue college degrees so that they can go live in a big city by themselves, vulnerable, 
especially in crime-ridden Biden's America where women just get raped and beaten on the streets so that they can ride a train in to the city to do a BS office job. So that what? For what purpose? The idea that anybody would do this is foreign to Christendom. It is, it is, uh, it is scandalous in the mind of Christendom. The young lady is due proper honor and respect of being protected and cared for by her father until such time as her future husband provides and protects her. That's the purpose. That's why men exist, to provide and protect for their families, their wife and their children. You see, in Christendom, the basic unit of society is the family, not the individual. The idea that the individual needs to leave her house to go find herself, to go have self-worth, that she needs to accrue student debt to take on a marketing degree so that she can go get a marketing job in an office in a city filled with crime so she can live by herself and be vulnerable to the city. That is ridiculous. Okay? So, before we mock this woman and say, oh, she's just a weak Gen Xer and she doesn't want to work, and blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, she's just been, she's a victim of the current thing. She's a victim of a society which tells her that she needs to be a working woman or else she will be unfulfilled. I think the saddest thing that she says in, in her whole screed is that she doesn't have time to find a spouse. She calls it dating. She doesn't have time to court a spouse. When you're a young woman and you don't have a religious vocation... You should have all the time in the world to cultivate finding a spouse. That's sort of like priority numero uno there, young lady. Your first priority isn't to work. It's not to hang out and have friends. It's not to work out at the gym with a bunch of other sweaty guys. Your first priority as a young lady, if you don't have a religious vocation, is to start a family, get married, have children. This was also understood in all times and all places, even beyond Christendom. This has been understood by human beings in every culture, in practically every time except for ours. Our culture is a Marxist culture. Karl Marx believed that the best way to take ownership of the children and remove their upbringing and brains and formations from the family is to send mom to work. Karl Marx was one of the first feminists. 
Karl Marx wanted women in the workforce. He knew that that would equalize relationships between men and women and thus destroy the hierarchy of the family. He was right. Here we have a young woman who believes that it is her duty to move to the big city to risk life and limb for some stupid marketing company in some cubicle in some downtown high-rise. And what is she giving up for that? She's giving up the opportunity to cooperate with the creative power of Almighty God. She's giving up the opportunity to fully realize her calling, her maternal destiny in life. She's missing out on the nurturing years in which she could have formed a family. She's giving up on the opportunity to find a loving husband who will provide and protect her. Provide for and protect her. And she even admits she's giving up on personal health. No time for fitness, no time to even cook real food, prepare real food. Fellas, do you want to marry a, a gal who doesn't know how to cook, but she does know how to do a BS marketing job? Fellas, do you want your children raised by a, a woman who doesn't know how to cook, doesn't have time? Here's the other thing that's going on. We're going to go one layer deeper in this video. We're talking about this video of this poor young lady. She flips out, goes semi-viral online. Millions of views on this thing. And most people are making fun of her because they're like, oh, you're so weak. You can't work from nine to five. Come on. Everybody's worked from nine to five since time immemorial. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's true. I'm not so sure. What is indisputable and what she stumbles upon but will never be able to articulate is that there has become there has been a growing gap between what we should call productivity of the workforce and compensation of the workforce huge gap Productivity measured against compensation since 1948 in this country. Growth in productivity since 1948 and growth in compensation since 1948, both of those things grew together until about 1972. And then in the early 70s, there started to be a divergence. As productivity went up, compensation stayed flat. And this trend has continued since the 70s. As productivity increases, in other words, you 
produce more per hour. We are getting better at working. We are faster. We are more efficient. We have more tools at our disposal. We accomplish more. Our pay has been relatively flat since the early 1970s. Now, this would be around the time that the United States of America said, you know what, to hell with gold. We're going to divorce our currency from the gold standard. And we did. Nixon did that. People say, oh, Nixon, he really wasn't that bad of a president. And, you know, looking back, he was actually like, blah, blah, blah. Are you kidding me? Nixon is the one who wanted China to come into the global economy. And to do so, he divorced us from the one thing that actually has an intrinsic value. What this young lady is attempting to communicate is, and she's not the perfect vessel for it, and she she doesn't have the comprehension for it either. You do. What she's trying to communicate is the absurdity of the fact that she works full-time, has a college education, has a white-collar job, and she can't even provide for her one self in so doing. She can't live close to the to her work. She's she she doesn't look like she's saving money or building wealth. She's not providing for anybody else, just herself. And in the United States of America today in the USSA, she cannot do that. At least not in 2023 when she's, I don't know, she looks to be maybe 25 years old. When she's 25 years old. So we do have a real problem in this country in which 25-year-olds, even with college degrees, even with skills, have a hard time providing for themselves, let alone starting a family. Think about this. You got two 25-year-olds who are coming into a potential relationship with each other, each with six figures worth of college debt. Maybe one, maybe one or both has a car, the other has a car loan. They're going to get married and start producing children. How are they going to buy a house? Interest rates, 8 9 10%. Productivity has gone up. Workers are producing more than they have ever. Now, in our service economy, what does that actually mean? Well, we're producing a lot of services, too. But we're pretty darn good at it. Walk into a Sport Clips, which is a franchise haircut place. Walk into a Sport Clips sometime... And you will see systematized business processes applied to the haircut business. Guys, you've been to a sport clips, very likely. 
It's not the cheapest. It's not great clips. It's not the $8 haircut. I don't even know if you can get an $8 haircut anymore. Anywhere. Maybe at a barber school where the people are like experimenting on your head. Walk into a sport clips and you will see systematized business processes applied to barbering. You will see the same questions asked, the same processes followed, the same attempt to upsell you for the massage and the hot towel. And even if you select the massage and hot towel, you are in and out of there in about 31 minutes. All in. From, I sat down, I took my coat off, I told you what I wanted, you you shampooed, you accomplished it, you even gave me a little massage. You tried to upsell me on the product that you put on my head. You're like, hey, this is what I use today. This is the shampoo I use. This is the blah, blah, blah I use. You walk me around the counter, and then you cash me out, and I am in and out, and that process repeats and repeats and repeats. These women are so productive. They are spinning chairs twice an hour. In an eight-hour shift, they're doing 16 customers. 16 people are paying 25 bucks or more. The business is making between 60 and and $100 an hour for one of these young ladies spinning chairs. She's not making 60 to 100 She's making some fraction of that. That's how that wor- that business works. Productivity, high. Lots of chairs, lots of spinning, lots of customers, lots of throughput. Compensation for the ladies, they're not living on their own. They're not supporting families. Compensation, flat, since the 1970s. Does it have something to do with our fake currency? Fractional reserve lending. Fiat currency, divorcing from the gold standard, man-made inflation. Does it have something to do with the fact that we have fake money, fake money? And this, ladies and gentlemen, the usury trap that we are all living in and subjected to The weaponization of the currency against the United States people in the quiet war against all of us. This is the real issue of our time. If you want to talk about economics and family life in any serious way. Look, I know that pornography, single motherhood, abortion, divorce, I know that these are grave evils. I know that single motherhood is probably the gravest social evil that we actually face. I know that all of these things attack the family. You know all of these things attack the family. I shouldn't have to acknowledge it Each and every time we're going to have this discussion, but I do. I do because I don't want you to misunderstand and think that 
I have a myopic understanding of the various enumerated, amalgamated threats against the United States family. Our families are more fragile today than ever before. They come and go as they please. They reshape like amoeba. It's terrible. But one thing is undeniable, and that is that economic stress to a family, economic worries, financial troubles, piling up of bills, shortfall of money, that is something that destabilizes a family. 